Bienvenidos y welcome to the Biz Bruja podcast, where reclaiming our powerful intuition, our sacred medicina, embracing our magic and healing ancestral patterns, invoke powerful creations in our own well-being, our lives, familias, community, and our businesses. Remembering that our businesses are so important at this time. I'm the creatrix of this blogcast, the Biz Bruja herself, Vanessa Codornu, a modern-day bruja, fourth-generation psychic medium, clinical hypnotist, energy healer, and soul biz mentor and coach. An Argentine-American who started reading adults at 16, became a professional intuitive at 22, and now guides creatives, intuitives, healers, and entrepreneurs to break through fears, connect to the practical power of their intuition so they can serve the world powerfully. Hola, mi gente hermosa. Vanessa here. I'm so excited to drop in and just do this really like improv style off the top of my heart, my soul. I was doing a little IG story talking about brujería and protection because it's something that's come up a lot. I think in the last, I said last week in the stories, but it's really last two weeks. Um, I don't talk about this too, too much. And I'm going to share stories here today that I have never shared before. Um, I believe that there are some things that need to be kept secret for our own protection. But my guide said to me, you know, it's safe for you to discuss this. And so <clears throat> before we begin... I want to do a little invocation, a little protection, and then we're going to start. It should be probably a, what, a 20-minute discussion session. Um, hopefully, you guys have questions after this, and we can continue off podcast or maybe for my next podcast interview or vlog. So let's take a moment. Um, if you're driving, it's okay. You don't have to take the moment. If you're busy, it's okay. But if you have a moment, let's ground our feet. Let's take a deep breath in and exhale. And connect to the energy of Pachamama, Mother Earth, Father Sky, Great Creator, Great Spirit. And ask for protection, ask for guidance. And ask that we receive whatever information that we need to hear during this podcast. Maybe you're going to feel a little energy, a little zing. Maybe you're going to be like, okay, I get it. That's it. I got it. Because really, the topic of this conversation is not to increase fear. It's to help us grow in love and empowerment and understanding that we can protect ourselves, Right the power of our own soul and energy and lineage is much more powerful than any of the other stuff. And so connecting deeply with our breath, invoking our higher selves, angels, guides, pidiéndole que los seres de luz estén presentes, asking for the beings of light, asking for our well and wise ones to be present, ringing the bell now. Hampuy, hampuy, pidiendo que los seres de luz estén presentes. That I may be guided in this podcast, in this session, and my intention for this session is to bring light, to inspire, to empower, to invite everyone to remember their own agency, their own energy, their own healing ability, and to know that no matter what crosses their path, que tenemos el poder, uy, que tenemos el poder de sanarnos, de protegernos y de cuidarnos. And so, lighting the candle here for this intention, pidiendo a los seres de luz, pidiéndole a los ancestros, por favor. They may protect us, they may illuminate us. And so it is, so it shall be. Ashe, Aho, and Amen. Now, first of all, I end that prayer with those particular words because I have a personal connection with each and every one of them. Growing up with a Catholic foundation, a Catholic base, but with curanderismo, we did limpias from a child from, from childhood, con los huevos, con los baños, medio, lighting the incense, 
My mom wasn't lighting sage, but my mom was lighting frankincense and myrrh. She was lighting other herbs. She was lighting rosemary at times, bay leaves, things to cleanse the space. So I grew up with the energy of curanderismo, with the energy of Catholicism, with the energy of espiritismo, right? That is the belief that spirits have a life after death. And there's a lot of French books, European books. This all really came from African beliefs. This all came from where home is, Africa. And from there, we all in our indigenous paths expanded into the awarenesses, right? Every indigenous people from every continent and every place has some sort of relationship with nature, has some sort of relationship with the dead, right? It's not like, oh, embalm them, put them away, close coffin, you know, I don't want to see them again, etc. The modern experience of death where someone else prepares the body in our indigenous ancestry, whether it's African, European, um, Egyptian, Latino, in indigenous, we have attended to our own dead. And so in the past, we had these relationships with the deceased, with spirit, with our own ancestry that is very different than now. And I'm so happy because we're having a renaissance now where we're all reclaiming, where we're remembering where we come from, right? It's something that we're seeing on TikTok, we're seeing on all the social media, a lot of classes, a lot of teachers are rising. Pero la pregunta de la brujería, the question of the brujería is a thing. And so I want to talk about it. So remember, so I'm just sharing a little bit about my background. If you're new to the podcast or if you already know me, that I grew up with this. So my parents were like, yeah, you can go to church and God is within you, right? And if we felt heavy energies in the house, my mom was there with the cleansing and the clearing with the huevo. Um, we'd go into the ocean, walking in backwards, asking the energy of the ocean, mother ocean, que nos limpie, right? And these are some of the things that I was raised with. And then I continued exploring and learning about as time went on. Obviously, when I was a teenager and I'd go to like libraries, I couldn't find a ton of books. All I found was like Satanism and other weird things like that, that, you know, this is not something that I cover. I'm not saying it's good or bad. Everybody has their own belief systems, but my belief systems are more like coming from my ancestral lineage, Catholicism, um, indigenous practices, curanderismo, espiritismo, and also Santeria crossed over into my lineage as well. None of us are initiated, but we do know something about the Orishas. We do know something about trabajos. We do know something about how to protect ourselves. That's something I grew up with. And then, as I said, I kept evolving it. At 22, I first initiated as a priestess in a Wiccan path. As I got older, I was uh, I sat in Sweat Lodge for 18 years with my Lakota teacher, Beverly Little Thunder, and learned a lot from being in that space. I learned a lot about European witchcrafts, tregueria, um, Spanish witchcraft, which is mixing, brujeria, mixing practical, everyday practices of Catholicism and then indigenous practices to protect ourselves, right? To use certain herbs to protect our homes, to heal. And so when I say brujeria for me, and I call myself a bruja, and I was guided to reclaim that, it's not in a sense of, oh, I'm going to do some things on you and don't fuck with me. Or te, you know, te ato, te reviento, te jodo, I hurt you, I tie you, I do things to you. That's not what being a bruja for me is. Being a bruja for me is that I am a Latina, a Latinx, a Latine um, woman, right, who is and has been all her life practicing these things. And at some point, spirit's like, girl, you better just claim your shit, okay? Porque eres lo que eres. And you can call yourself a priestess and you can initiate in that. You can also do medicine woman work, which is true and that's part of me. But at the end of the day, 
Reclaiming the word bruja was a way to heal my ancestors. Um, if you look at my DNA stuff, you know, my all my tests and all the things, like I know that I've met people who are 99% Espanol and that there's a lot of brujería there. But I am mixed in my peoples, like many of you, come from Spain, come from Latin America, come from West Africa, come from the Mayan, come from the Inca, come from the Aztec, come from the Nahuatl, right? The Nahuatl path. They come from all these paths. We come from Asia. We come from the Middle East. And there's indigenous practices in all of them. For me, doing and learning about the European at some point, I learned about the Celtic. And I was like, why? I got no Irish in me. To find out that some of my Spanish background is Galician, which is like Celtic based, right? So I'm like, oh, now I don't have to feel guilty that somehow I was attracted to the fairies and the Celtic gnomes and stuff. But guess what? My grandmother who was indigenous believed in like indigenous fairies, right? And she told me about them. And so we share so much. I would say that when you are looking to dive into finding out where your peoples are from, explore that, explore the Catholicism that is maybe your foundation or Judaism or Islam that is your foundation. Explore the indigenous traditions. And it doesn't, you're not going to do it in one day. Like I didn't know I was born in Peru, but I didn't even know that I was also part Peruvian because my parents were Argentinian who my mom gave birth to me there. But I knew my grandma was indigenous and I was like, pero de donde, de donde, de donde. And as I did a lot of DNA, different two DNA tests, I found out that it was through Inca, the Inca path the Inca indigenous people that also were connected to the Mexican indigenous people. And so I have a tiny bit of Mexicano and then all the other parts are indigenous from Peru. I wanted to approach it with honor. I didn't want to be culturally appropriating. And all of the pulls that I had to indigenous wisdom sitting in sweat lodge for 18 years, offering tobacco were North American practices, right? And other practices from Mexico. But soon enough, I was able to dive deep and initiate. Here you see my mesa, right? We're here with me. Why do I talk to you about all these things? Because when we are defining things, we have to be careful, right? And so a lot of people have weird reactions to me that I say, bruja. They're like, why do you call yourself that? You're a beautiful woman. You're not an ugly lady with a wart on your nose. And I'm like, oh my God, that is Christian propaganda. So there is brujería that is based on ancestral wisdom where we use the cycles of the moon. We use maybe astrology, if we know it, numerology. We use the ologies. We use herbs. We work with the elements to align our own energy, right? To our nawis. The Inca medicine people call the chakras the nawis. We do it to align ourselves. We do it to heal our family if we can. We do it to hold space for healing for ourselves. And so for me, brujería has never been about influencing, harming, trying to create some sort of undue fair advantage for myself or my people. It has been a combining of the old ways and of serving community. Bruja for me is not about being a solo practitioner, though there's many of us and I have been one at times, but it's how do I combine the ancient wisdoms that I have to protect myself, to keep healing myself and my people, and my community. And how do I do it in a way that is honoring to the land, right? I'm in Susquehannock land right now, that is honoring to my traditions, that is not culturally appropriating, that is honoring the lineages that flow through me, 
and honoring the skills and the gifts and the dones that I was born with. And so when I call myself a bruja, it's not be careful, te voy a hacer algo. It's more like I'm a place in my life where I am stating what I am because I no longer want to be invested in colonization. And I know we were all raised in it, in colonized descriptions of what a bruja is. And so for me, it is an act of liberation to call myself a bruja. My mom called me brujita. We talked about being brujas and we talked about it in a positive way. And we understood, my abuelas and my abuelo who had guides, we understood that this wisdom, whatever we want to call it, the wisdom to talk to the other side, the wisdom to heal, the wisdom to invoke protection is something that is our birthright. It's something that we were born with. All peoples on earth have this. And when people wanted to control wealth and wanted to control land and wanted to control who we give birth to, right, as beings in a female body that can give birth, um, they started to call to demonize things. They started to say, bueno, está prendiendo una vela, now she's a bruja. And we know, and maybe you don't know, but I do, but I'll share that with you, that there were 400 years of hangings of brujas, burnings of brujas. You know, when we talk about Salem, that was only 13 people, and I'm not putting it down. 13 is way too many. One is way too many. But what happened throughout Europe was alimpiamiento. It was like a genocide of wise women. It was mostly women. It was some children. It was people who were gay, people who were different, people who they said were different. Not necessarily that they were different. There were people who inherited land and they wanted to take over la tierras. And so it was a capitalistic move, a colonizer move to create the war against the witch. Because again, if you're so worried about a bruja being somewhere to do work on you, to spoil your cows, to ruin your milk, to create disease, to create the black plague and the this plague and, and measles and all the things, you weren't looking at the politics and you weren't looking at the oppression and you weren't looking at enslavement and the oppression, the malignment of natural healing practices and indigenous practices. Entonces, <clears throat> Bruja got a bad name in the Spanish Inquisition in the 12 or 1300s, and Jews were killed, and many other people were killed. People who were Muslim were killed. And so people who were, again, who maybe had money, had power. And so it's really important for us to, to open our eyes, right? That a lot of these old books that old religions follow were written by men, were sometimes written by white men, sometimes they're not. Right? Sometimes they could have been brown men in the Middle East. But there were books that were also created to create order. And to create order is great because we don't want right chaos. But then it went over the mark. It started to put the charge and it started to influence and say, well, women, men are weak. And so you have to cover up. You have to cover up your head. You have to cover up your body. If you're a woman that's dancing around the moon and celebrating your body and choosing your sexual partner. So this is where sexuality right? Being a virgin, getting marrying as a virgin was starting to be honored. Where women's self-expression vocally, our word, our truth, our voice, as oracles, as wise women, as um, healers, as artists, as painters, as creadoras de la humanidad, creators of the humanity, were suddenly squashed when they were honored in some older traditions, metrofocal, matrilineal, more indigenous practices, Suddenly, when the Judeo-Christian religions come in, the goddess is taken out of the equation, la diosa, madre tierra, pachamama. 
And so I want to invite you all to educate yourself, to Google the burning times, to Google what were the experiences of indigenous women in different tribes, in different um, civilizations. Some of them were good, some of them were not so good. We have to not romanticize that as well. And also to romanticize brujeria is something like, I'll pull a spell on you and I'll hurt you. I mean, those memes are great. They're cute. We all laugh at them. We share at them, right? But the truth of the matter is that being a wise woman, a wise person, a wise man, a wise human comes with great responsibility. We're not here to be doing things to people and ethically crossing their boundaries and creating oppression and harming people. If we are using the abilities that we were born with in our birthright, it's to protect our people, to create healing. And that's what I'm talking about today. It's all freaking cute and dandy online. Oh, te duelo, te hago algo, I'll throw you in the freezer, girl. Uh, I got jars in my house. Yeah, it's funny. But really, we don't do that that often. And if we are, that means that we're leaning on those that energetics and we're not working on our human communication we're not working on our boundaries, right? That we're not working on the things that we should be working on as humans incarnated in a body. And so know that brujeria has a long story, that brujeria was also, the word bruja was maligned through years and stages. And then we have to also look at that there are people who are paid to do work and that there are people who work with energies and don't see bad or good. They're like, I just get paid to do something or I work with the energies and this is what I do. I'm not one of those people, as you all know. And the people that I know are not those people either. We're people who are here to work towards social justice. We're here to decolonize. We're here to create opportunities for people to find themselves, remember themselves, reconnect themselves to their ancestral wisdom to live a better life to decolonize, to see the truth, to see past the lies. And so brujeria and being a bruja and being a witch is also about disrupting the freaking system. We're disrupting the system, okay? We're not trying to create colonization or a threat or another hierarchy, right? Hierarchy, where we're going to be like, mm, don't harm me, I'll do shit to you. This doesn't work. Because otherwise, right, if the brujeria worked in that way, I saw a lot of posts about people doing things to Trump, right? And Trump is still moving and grooving, right? He's still doing his role on earth of whatever that is that he needed to do, playing his part, his role on earth, so we can all do what we need to do. And so just know that he has a long history, that there's a lot of positivity, that being a brujita is really beautiful. It is someone who's tapping into their own power, calling in on their own ancestors. And some people don't want to call it brujita. They call themselves a medicine woman. They call themselves a curandera. They call themselves a mujer de la naturaleza, woman of nature. I'm all those things. But I reclaim the word bruja because my mom called me brujita when I was little and because I never saw bruja as a bad thing. I have sat for 18 years in sweat lodge. I have circled with up to 400, 500 women at the Where Women Gather, at Women Gathering in uh, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York area. It's no longer existing. And I have sat with 400, 500 women lighting candles on a hill, asking for peace on earth and social justice. Entonces, Abru has a wise woman. But let's go now to hechizos. Let's go to hechizos and brujería que nos hace daño. 
people reach out and they're like, is there trabajo done on my family member? Has there been trabajo done on me? Sometimes there's been trabajo done on people. I want to share real quick that when I was 15, you know, and I was all in the energies and I was uh, at 16, I started reading people for free, helping people kind of encouraged by my family because they realized my talent. Um, I was like, no, if you're in the light and you pray and you're in the light, prendiendo tu vela, talking to your saints and angels, you are right. Like nothing's going to happen, right? That's my attitude. My mother was like, no girl, some shit can happen. And I was like, no mom, you got to stop. Don't give power to it. Well, one day we opened the door and there were these guts over two razor blades, okay? Let me tell you, um, some shit happened with my dad's business. Then something else happened with my mom going through so much illness. And she went to a couple of psychics. They're like, we can't help you. Um, one of the things that I discovered from this experience was that even as somebody who knew about limpias, knew about energy, but, you know, wasn't the wise witch that I am today. Not mujer medicina that I am today. I was like 15 and a half. I called on, I did a limpia for my mother. She was in the bed sick. I was like, yo, lighting candles, calling on all the well ancestors. And at that time, I didn't know. I'm like, angeles, santos, angels. I need my mother to live and be all right. I need the business to clear. Help me. I'm cleansing the house when my dad is at work. I asked my dad to do a limpia. I cleaned my mom. She's sick in bed, like really bad. And it's all spiritual. I set up my crystals that I charged because I knew how to do that at 15 and a half. And I sat there sending energy, though I was not initiated to Reiki and calling in on my ancients and imagining all the stuff coming out of her and whatever breaking. Within two days of this weird thing that happened, my mom was up and up. She thanked me. She goes, your prayers helped. Your energies helped. We're done with this. She did gave herself Olympia, and that was it. Years later, I started to feel very, very ill. Um, I was in my 20s. I was already holding circles. And I went to a reader. My period was messed up. All these things were happening to me. And, you know, I was doing my own limpias. I was doing my candle work, meaning lighting candle for protection. But this lady read me, described one of my Dike best friends, right? Who needs uh, this friend as a friend when they were a friend of me? But really what it was is they had attachments working through them. And her thing was like, well, if I can't have you, then nobody can. And started to do work on me. Thankfully, my psychic said to me, you know, they put you in a certain place. You're going to find the work. There's a picture of you. There's this, there's that. There's the different things that were there, items. You're going to find it in her house. And you're going to do this, this, and that to clear it and cleanse it. Well, I went back to the house. I couldn't believe this because I was like, well, if you're in the good energies, even though I knew, I found the thing that she told me to find. I couldn't disassemble it because I was still living with this person and I did not want the wrath of the person. But I did the prayers that I had to do on it. I broke the energetic chains. I lit the candle of protection. I, I took on one of my grandmother's amulets that is not with me right now um, as a protection. I charged it with good energy, with prayers, called on my ancestors, called on my angels and saints to disassemble, to destroy this work, to say that it cannot touch me. And I took this horrible green drink that was made for me con hierbas. Suddenly my menstruation started to work perfectly. I was able to get out of this house. And there's more details that I'm not going to share here. Maybe I'll share in a book, but for now. And it cleared. And so why do I tell you these stories? First of all, it takes a lot of power to harm people through a trabajo 
It has to be somebody that already is aligned with some spirits on the other side. It could be somebody that is already trained. Yes, emotion is a big part of trabajo, like real anger at somebody or something like that. But your common everyday person is not doing work on you. And so I explain what a bruja is to me. I explain a little bit of the history of how it came up and how people were afraid. But the truth is, you know, and my mom, with my mom's situation, she was already not feeling well when this happened to her. And then she got very ill. And she was doing some cleansings on people where she wasn't always cleansing herself because she was busy, right? So when this hit her, her spiritual immune system, her energetic immune system was down. But we kicked it out in two days. And then with me, it started to affect me because I was blind to the fact that it was actually a close friend doing it. She was aligned and she was trained in some things in her practices, but I was also living with her and I was blind to it. And so as soon as I went, found the thing, did the prayers, cleansed myself, lit the protection, got a talisman, the thing stopped, take, took the yerbas and the herbs to heal and uh, normalize my period, my menstruation. It was all good, my cycle. Um, but a lot of people are thinking that there's trabajo done on them when what's really happening is they haven't done their own healing work. And I don't mean to be rude, um, but, you know, I'm an elder now. I've been doing this for cent different I'm say centuries, well, maybe, but I've been doing it for decades. We can't just light up some candles and think that that's all the work that we need to do to heal our trauma. We can't because we're in modern day situation. We have incredible stressors. Back in the day, you know, the practicas of espiritismo, curanderismo were our mental health tools only. But now we have EMDR, we have, you know, EFT, we have talk therapy, we have so many ketamine therapy, there's so many therapies. And so if we have trauma, which all of us have, both in this life, trauma that's happened in this life, sexual, emotional, energetic, spiritual trauma, we've been gaslit, we've been told that things aren't real or true by, you know, the collective, our government, the world, but also personally our lives. The candle will help a little bit but devoting yourself and investing yourself and working with a trained therapist that works with BIPOC, that understands ancestral healing. And so sometimes people are saying, oh, I think that there's brujeria, but it's really that there's trauma. There's also addiction, right? And so these are the things that make us weak. And so I'm talking about now that if you think that there's brujeria done on you, you can do a limpia, you can do a baño, you can do a limpieza. You could do even a Reiki practice with yourself or with someone else. Or even if you don't have Reiki, imagine that you're breaking it and you're saying, I'm releasing this. It's gone. I have some sage here. Light some sage. Ring a bell. Clomping clears energy. Dance it out. Put on a song. Jump around. Dance it. Call on your well ancestors. Say, I release. I rebuke anything done against me. Right? Charge a talisman like the third eye. The thing is, what makes us susceptible and weak to trabajos? First of all, trauma, right? When we are, have trauma, when we're traumatized and we don't even know, we're like this life, you know, being codependent, being taking shit from people and repeating it over and over again, not thinking that we're worthy of love, being too good of a person, being there for everyone. Let's not convince ourselves we're such a good people. We're also just trained to take people's mierda. We have to say no, we have to create both boundaries in our everyday life and that strengthens the energetic boundaries. And so the stronger you are 
and doing the trauma work, trauma-informed work, the trauma-informed healing. And then you also light a candle for protection. And then you also cleanse your house. You're going to become very immune to trabajos, right? And the more you have a spiritual practice where you know what your energy is like, you'll be like, mm, I'm off. I worked with somebody the other day that had some intense um, attachments, right? And attachments are energies, souls that are out of their body and sometimes find a human who has an addiction or is depressed at the time to jump on, right? Or lonely or feeling sad and they jump on them. And they don't really want to create chaos most of the time or evil or anything like that most of the time. They're just like, well, I'm dead. I don't even know where to go. I don't know what's happening. I'm going to jump on the body. And I worked with somebody and the minute I got on the call with them, I got a stab on the head. And it wasn't continuous, right? When we have a headache or we have a migraine, it's like, ow, ow, ow. It was like, boop. And I'm like, oh, man, she has attachments. I stayed quiet. We did the hypnosis. We released the attachments. It was great. We cleansed. We cleared. I didn't stay with it. It didn't stay with me. It went into the light. One of them went back to where it came from. And so if you're somebody like, okay, I think I'm a bruja. I'm reclaiming that. Or you're like, I don't want anything to do with that. I'm a Catholic, but I listen to your podcast. All good. Get into your foundations. Get into spiritual practice. Make sure that you're physically, mentally, and emotionally healthy, or at least working on it. This is what makes us immune to trabajos. What makes us immune to trabajos is us taking care of ourselves, is you know healing our trauma, is understanding when something is toxic, is getting out of toxic relationships, getting out of toxic environments. I know it's hard. Listen, a lot of people are like, Vanessa, you're not a doormat. I don't see that in you. I'm like, girl, I was a doormat in jobs, okay? Not so much in relationships with men. Um, sometimes in friendships, because I, I was like giving the women the benefit of the doubt over and over. Um, but I was, you know, I let people trample over me because I was alone in New York. And I'm like, shit, I got to pay the rent. What am I going to do? And spirit's like, no, V, you don't have to do it. We'll give you help. And this is what happened in my life, right? I learned that I didn't have to, even though I was afraid to sell myself out. And so whether you're in a process of reclaiming your brujitanes, whether you are a brujita, whether you're a curandera, medicine woman, whether you're a person that's like, yo, I don't believe in... in anything but energy, it doesn't matter. This applies to all of us. Get in there, work on the trauma. We have been taught, especially as Latinos, BIPOC, we've been taught to be self-efficient, not to ask for help, not to get any therapy, not to get any of that. We have been taught to just continue pushing through. Listen, just because we're strong doesn't mean we have to keep pushing through. People, I, I go to therapy, I started like at 29, I've been on and off. I also do my ancestral work but I want to take care of myself. I want to make sure that I have the capacity to hold the space for my own life, for my own joy, and also for my audience, and also for my clients, and also for my community. The only way I could do it is not by pushing through and bullshitting myself and you. It is by being true to myself, by slowing down if I need to slow down, by taking care of myself. So pay attention to your trauma. Develop some spiritual practices. Now, you may not want to be lighting candles. You may be like, I do my yoga in the morning. That is your spiritual practice. You showing up on the mat for yourself. Whatever it looks like, have those core practices, those tools in the toolbox that are going to get you centered. They're going to get you grounded. So if you feel weird energy around somebody or you feel like somebody, you know, something hopped on you or somebody threw a hook or something, you know, a hook of energy, like, I want you to do what I want. I want you to do what I want. You can be like, you know, I got you, limpio. I'm going to my yoga in the morning, running, dancing, exercise. And so tend to your psychological, tend to your physical, tend to your emotional, 
and cleanse yourself in your way. Sing, dance, breathe, run, spend time with good people. When we are stronger in our own energetics, it's going to be less likely that people will harm us. So again, you have to have like training and know-how and strength of character to be able to really like throw down in a really serious way in somebody's life. And two, the person is also depressed or anxious or something's going on with them. Now, we do not have control over our depression or anxiety, right? What we can do is work on it and do things that can help us. And again, do those things that fortify our energy field. Do not do the things that weaken you. So what are some things that weaken your energy field? When we do spell casting on ourselves, if we're like, estoy, soy estupida, I'm stupid, I fucked up, I did this. If we're constantly talking to ourselves in negative ways, we are harming our energetic system. We're harming our mind, body, and spirit. We are programming ourselves to be down, to be disempowered. Now, I'm not talking about walking around going, mm, I'm the shit, I'm everything. I mean, you can do it. But what I'm talking about is forgiveness. I'm talking about compassion. And so know that the first line of defense is how do we talk to ourselves? Are we casting negative spells? Are we, are we speaking life? Are we speaking life into negativity? Yo, there's no good people out there. There's no good women out there. There's no good people out there. There's no good men out there. They're all taken. Well, that's what we're going to get if we're saying it because we keep calling it in and calling it in. So know that we also self-spell ourselves. We do hechizos on ourselves, And then when we're repeating our family story, oh, money is only for people who get it because they've done bad things. I used to say that. Not anymore. I'm like, mm, money is my natural state. Mm, mm, mm. And, and you know what? I've healed. When I see people sending me out payments, all that, I'm like, I love money. Doon, 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 doon. Like I love candy, that old, old song, right, from the 80s. But it's not really money. Because any of you who've talked to me know that I've left money on the table. I'm not pushy in my sessions. It's that I, if you have a negative money belief, You've got to work on it to understand that it's paper, that it's the energy of abundance, and that because of colonization, because of oppression, because of enslavement, because of what's happened, we have negative relationships to money, and we have a lot of lack. And so when we have these ancestral patterns, remember I talked about trauma, it's easier, you know, if you could be like, oh my God, I think somebody did something to me, so I won't make money. Did they? Or is it like, that someone did to your something to your family 400 years ago when they enslaved them and then they were oppressed as indigenous people and now the fear of working and having your money taken from you is there. So the trabajo is not a drug, a real, like somebody is putting some little spell. It's more an inherited trauma. And so this is where it gets complicated. You know, we have to mind ourselves, we have to be aware, we have to do the work, and it takes time. And while you're doing the work to do the limpias or do those practices that strengthen you. Another way that we weaken our own energetic system and our own mind and our own spirit is to give in to fear. Yeah, there's a lot of things out there, but we also have a lot of power in here. We have a lot of power. We have a lot of power with our own mind, body, spirit. We have a lot of power. We're not just little specks of dust floating in the universe. We are extensions of source and we are so loved by our well and wise ancestors who sacrificed so much for us to be here. You know, a curse or a trabajo could feel like um, a great grandmother. This is my, my grandmother, actually, who was blocked from being an actress and a performer. 
well, I'll break that shit. Even though I couldn't fulfill certain things when I was younger because I was stopped because of necessity. As I got older now, I wind up doing improv and I get on stage and I'm like, yeah, abuelita, because she couldn't. She couldn't at 19 continue an artistic career. For me, it's a hobby, right? But I also teach it. But I get to live that part of my ancestors who are too busy or oppressed to go and play and have fun and just do it for the spirit's sake because I'm broken that. I'm not questioning, oh, look at me going out there to get on stage doing crazy shit. No, I'm like, yes, look at me doing crazy shit. I'm liberating my lineage from that. And so strengthen your mind, body, spirit. Strengthen your spiritual practice, whatever it may be. It could be running. Be picky and selective of what people you have around you. Cleanse your energy in your space. And this is a big thing that I want to talk about too, which is we weaken our auras when there's too much weed. And I know there's a lot of cannabis lovers out there and it's great and it helps us, right? But if there's too much cannabis, sometimes do are we too open to other people, right? So checking our aura. So looking at cannabis, looking at too much plant medicine. Because you remember <laughs> that people that were raised in the civilizations and the cultures where there was a lot of plant medicine, everybody was doing and everybody had that already in them. And this is how they lived. We're now bringing plant medicine into modern life where we have jobs and other things are happening, right? So if we're going to bring in plant medicine, a lot of it, I'm not talking about you're going out to do it and then you come back and then you're, if you're doing a lot of it and your aura is very open and you're not doing all the other practices to fortify yourself, that can happen. Not just plant medicine, smoking a lot of cigarettes, right? Um, drinking a lot of caffeine, taking in a lot of sugar, um, drinking alcohol where your aura is wobbly. Whenever we're dependent on something to alter our chemistry in that way, I'm not talking about medicine. Um, medicine, I think that it helps fortify people's auras because it's helping work with the chemistry in their body, right? And so we have to see if you're somebody that's always drinking on the weekends, falling down, don't remember things, and you're smoking a lot while drinking, right? And, and then you're like cigarette smoke too. And there's a lot of this piling up. You can't see things clearly. Literally, the cigarette smoke is blocking you from dealing with your feelings. But that's all part of trauma. That's all part of defense mechanisms. And so look at, let's look at our addictions. Let's look at our traumas. Let's look at what's happening. Now, what are some ways that people could actually do a little work on us without knowing? If we hand our power over to somebody, whether it's a friend or a boss or a person in authority, and then they manipulate us because they're narcissists, right? <laughs> it's like we're sp they're spellcasting. But at the end of the day, we're also allowing them to. So being aware of our patterns, being aware of our defense mechanisms, being really honest with ourselves. Another way somebody else could do something is if somebody is, like I've known people who are people always touching their hair, que lindo, que lindo, que lindo, que lindo. And then they're like, I don't know what happened. My hair just broke and it fell off. You know, maybe not let people touch your hair all the time. They didn't do it on purpose. It was a little energy of envy and, 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 and like jealousy. Now, I can tell you this. People have said to me, why are you putting pictures of your house online? And why are you putting pictures of your husband? Protect your shit, girl. What are you doing? And I'm like, girl, I have protected the land. We get saged and limpia and cleared. I'm not going to sit here and give in to freaking fear. I'm not. And that's where we start to build a relationship with our powerful intuition. And we're not going to put ourselves into weird situations to harm ourselves, right? 
Like, I'm not going to go to a party where I have a bad vibe. No, I'm not. And I'm not going to go in and get in a car where I have a bad vibe. But I'm also not going to give in to fear and not share a picture of my husband or my the happiness of myself with my relationship or whatever because of afraid, being afraid of el mal de ojo. I will protect myself. And so to each their own. Some people will not put pictures. Some people will, right? In the old days, we didn't put pictures of our altar because we were protecting our magia. Now we show them a lot, but maybe we don't show the real ones and we show the ones that we do for workshops or for spectators, right? So there's different ways of keeping. So another thing, I remember all my teachers would say, don't tell too much about your plans. Don't talk about them too much. I do believe that we have to give life to our plans by speaking on them, but there's some actions that maybe we take in the stealth and the protection of silence and the protection of our wise and well ancestors. And so I know I've been all over the place, but this is really not something that I thought about or planned out or wrote out. It's something that I said, you know, let me talk about. I mean, I could have done a class on it, right? But I was like, let me put this on the podcast. And so let me know, are you redefining yourself as a brujita? Are you redefining yourself as a magical human, a magical person? Have you thought about when there were situations where you knew that something wasn't good, you'd still t did it like take a bad job, a job that turned out to be bad or get into a relationship where there were red flags. And then you're like, somebody must have done brujeria. Well, maybe you did brujeria on yourself by convincing yourself. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. And you took the job or you got into the relationship. And so we have to observe where we're spelling ourselves, where we're doing brujeria on ourselves and where we could take that power back and be like, no, I am an awesome human being who is healing, who's in a process of healing, who's learning and growing And I have compassion and forgiveness for myself. And I'm learning. Instead of, it's stupida, why did you do that? With beating ourselves up. The inner critic that obviously also came from somebody in the family. And so it's all multi-layered. So look at yourselves. Are you redefining? Where are you at in your journey? Do you want to, cre to create a spiritual practice? Or do you run or do other things that are your spiritual practice? How are you tending to your home? It doesn't have to be spick and span. It doesn't have to be limpito, you know, like this, like no dust. Ooh, no, I'm kidding. Um, but clean, cleansing and energetically is really important. How much time do you spend bitching about your job, your husband, your relationship, your friend, your girlfriend, your wife, your partners? How much time are you spending putting yourself down? And if this is the case, that makes you susceptible. It makes you open for you to do brujería on yourself, do programming yourself to negativity or to anything else. And so... Again, observe yourself, study yourself. You know, I think it's in Greece, on top of Apollo's, um, and Apollo's a god, a Greek god. It says, know thyself, right? And people would travel far and, and wide to speak to the oracle, to the oracle. Um, I don't know if it's the Pythia. I don't remember. I studied all this a long time ago. But it was oracles who would sit on a three-legged chair in um, Greece and Rome. And people would come with questions and they would get answers, right? Oracular questions. Um, we have to know ourselves. The greatest power is not about the appropriate candle. I mean, this is my belief. And in my decades in of spiritual life, it's not in the right, you know, campanita from Peru. This is from Peru. It's not on the right rattle from Peru. It's not on the right sage. That all helps, right? But it's power within. It's us understanding ourselves getting to heal and work on those ancestors that may have harmed us, healing on our family of origin, 
and then invoking the most beautiful existence for ourselves and our ancestors that we can muster. You know, I'm very grateful. I've worked very hard. It's been decades in. There were so many moments where I really cried on the floor alone. You know, I met my husband later on in life. I had so many disappointments in love, so many disappointments with work and friends. But here I sit for over a decade already. And it's not easy, but I do the work that I love. I say what's on my heart and my mind. I don't hide. I show up. I'm getting emotional. I show up with love in everywhere that I go. And I'm able to hold space for all of you. And this is what it means for me to be a bruja, to be a medicine woman. This is what it means to be magical as fuck. To allow our tears to flow and not have to hide because we think that we have to put on a fierce face. When we can decolonize enough to embrace play, we can embrace rest, we can embrace love, we can embrace our vulnerability and know that showing this vulnerability isn't going to weaken us because we know who the fuck we are. And who the fuck we are is so powerful. We are held and loved by thousands and thousands of ancestors who have fought and loved and lost. And that's why we stand here in this life. And don't we owe it to them? And don't we owe it to ourselves in this life? And don't we owe it to Mother Earth? Don't we owe it to our angels and our saints and our guides and our children and our children's children? to heal, to decolonize, to do the deep work that our ancestors didn't have the time for because they were fighting. My dad came here with his mom and his family. They were all in the factoria, trabajando, and she was cleaning houses and never really learned English well. My mom passed away with not speaking English well, right? And that's why I speak English pretty well, because of her. And so I sit here and I'm a brujita pública because my grandparents couldn't talk about spirit stuff because my mom was still afraid. I do the work that my ancestors did publicly and I'm protected and I'm guided and I'm loved. And so are you. And so if you bumped into this podcast and it means something to you, please share it, share it, share it, share it. We're going into our fifth season, our fifth year. It's just me, myself, and my guides and angels and ancestors. And know that I have a special right now for $97. The $97 30-minute session, a lot of people have been writing and saying how powerful it was, and that I do do past life regression work, ancestral work. You know, I don't tend to really share a lot about this, but share it. Share if this meant something to you. Post about it. Let people know. This is how I get to continue doing my work. I love you all. Um, I close this session. Con profundo amor y respeto to your lineage, a profound love, respect for your lineage. You know, and it's not all beautiful. We've been through a lot. We've also been the colonizers. We've been the colonized. We've been the machistas and we've been the martyrs and we've been the ones who also stood up, the activists who said, no mas, aquí, aquí llegamos, aquí llegamos. To this point, that's it. Let us be that generation. Let us be, let us this, let this be the incarnation and let us become the future ancestors who reclaim and empower and release fear so we can thrive. Mucho amor a todos. Thank you so much. I hope this all made sense because, you know, I was babbling. But I love you all. Gracias.